You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Um, Paul, I want to put you on the spot. Come on. Come forward. You can remove your mask. Yeah, just, just, just tell the church what you experienced last week. Good morning, church. Come closer. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so um, last week, actually from the Saturday at Prevailing Woman, um, during worship, uh, there was just uh, the presence of God, just an intense presence of God in, in this room. Um, that we just ended up just being yeah, in worship. It was just amazing. And so carrying on to Sunday, as I got into church, I just remember sensing that the presence is still in the room. And during worship, as we were singing and just lifting up hands and just worshiping God, I remember opening my eyes and we were singing, uh, Build Your Throne. Jesus, we have thrown you. I remember lifting my eyes and looking at that corner and seeing a gathering of angels. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm seeing things. And I carried on. And as I lifted, I kept on seeing them gather from every corner of this room. And I just saw them just enthroning God. I just kept on... And then I kept on loving him because I kept on doing this with my hands. Because all I saw was angels just doing this. And they were just worshiping God. And as we said, and as we worship built, I saw them literally doing this together. And I just saw the glory of God all over this room. Even when um, pastor was preaching, I was sitting there and all I could see was just the glory that was filled in this house and angels. And as I looked up at him, I just saw this glory of God just all around him. And I knew that, wow, what I'm experiencing is something out of this world. So, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Didn't he say that he would be with us if we gather in his name? And, you know, sometimes when we speak and we say the presence of the Lord is here, you, you think we're just talking, but it's real. It's real. And, um, and uh, whenever, whenever the presence of God is here and we begin to make declarations, you just receive it. Make contact by faith and receive whatever it is you want. Because once the glory is around, everything is available. Are you following me? Everything that you need is right there in the glory of God. So the glory of God is, uh, that is the best place to be in. Okay, so, and as we worship him, that's why when we worship, you need to concentrate. Don't be distracted. Be focused on the Lord. Worship him in spirit and in truth with, with sincerity of heart. Pour out your heart and your love and your devotion to him. He loves it. So when we worship him like that, angels come to join us. Angels come to join us to worship. You know? I was telling the worship team uh, that there's a kind of worship we give that angels cannot give to God. They are not able to. There's a quality of worship that only we can give to God. Okay? So, I mean, God is being worshipped in heaven by myriads of angels, but there is what you will offer to God that an angel can never offer. Because an angel does not have the kind of experiences you have. So when you worship him, despite your situation, when you are, in, when you, when you are going through things, when you are going through trials, angels don't go through trials. So they can't worship out of trials. We are the only ones that can offer that to God. Hallelujah. And so when we worship like that, it moves him. It moves his heart. 
It moves him to tears. It moves him because he knows what you are going through. And you do not allow what you are going through to stop you from worshiping him. If you can worship him in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your fire, in the midst of your temptation, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of shortage, in the midst of lack, if you can worship him in spite of your situation, it's a quality of worship that angels cannot offer. Are you following me? So we need to be known as a people that really worship God in spirit and in truth. It must be real. It must come from our hearts. It must be an overflow of our love for him. And it's not just what we do here. It's what we do daily. Our lifestyle must be a worship. Are you following me? Yeah. He says, he says um, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies to God. Okay? Yes. As a living sacrifice to God. And he says, this is your spiritual act of worship. So when you wake up in the morning and you offer your body to Jesus, and say, Lord, my body, my mind, my eyes, my mouth, my hands, my feet, I offer to you. That's part of worship. That's part of worship. So that means you have to beware of where you take your feet to because you've offered them to the Lord. Beware of what comes out of your mouth because you've offered it to the Lord in worship. Come on. Beware of what you touch because you've offered, it, you've offered your hand to the Lord in worship. That's true worship. The singing is just a vehicle. Singing is just a vehicle to express worship. But the worship itself is of the heart. Amen. Hallelujah. That's not what we're talking about. But I just felt I needed to help somebody this morning so that you connect with us. And each time we come together like this, Let's all be one in, 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 in the spirit. Put, put all your, your whatever situation outside. And when you come in here, it's Jesus' time. Come on. Yes. So when you begin to do that, things begin to happen. Then we can usher in. We can experience more of the glory. More of the glory. I'm looking forward to the time that we'll begin to have tangible manifestations. Okay, so that it's not just, yeah, it's good to have the visions and so on and see it, but I'm telling you, there is a dimension where God begins to manifest in the physical. Now, if they experience it in Mount Sinai, why can't we experience it here? Come on. If they experience it under the old covenant, why can't we under the new covenant experience it? But there is a way, there's a way that we need to synchronize in the spirit. And our hearts must be right with God. Our hearts must be one. And then we attract the glory. Glory to God. So that was free of charge. Glory to God. Amen. I'm not charging you anything for it. <laughs> glory. Yes, we've been talking, we started a series on, um, what do we call it? Faith for supernatural living. So what the vision Paul saw last week is an evidence of the supernatural in our midst. The supernatural in our midst. But we need to now understand how we can bring it into our daily reality, into our daily experiences. So that's what this is about, to help you in your walk with God. Because many of us have gone through so much in the past two years, would I say, right? Yeah. But now you need to wake up and rise up by faith and begin to enter into what God has ordained for you. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. 
Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for your word, which is spirit and is life. Lord, I ask, oh Father, that you will anoint these lips of clay. Speak through these lips with clarity, with simplicity, with understanding. Let there be transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So, faith, it says now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, last week we took some time to really like look at some of the, the, the Greek words. You know, the New Testament was written in Greek, okay, in Koine Greek. So, and sometimes when, as we study the scriptures, sometimes in order to get a clearer understanding, we go into the original. We go into the Greek to, to be able to see more of what the scripture is saying. So that's the reason for going into the original language. It's not to show off or anything. No, it is for understanding. It is for clarity. Because sometimes certain, thing, uh, certain um, concepts get missing. They get lost in translation because of the limitation of... Um, of the English language, okay? So for instance, there is, a, in, in, in English, you might have one word, okay? But then when you go to the original, you'll see there are several words, and they are used differently. They are used differently, but in English, it would just be one word. I'll give you an example like love, the word love. Everywhere you read is just love, love. But when you go to the original, when you go to the original, you will now see there are some places that love is translated. The word is translated love in English, but then when you go into the original, you see, oh, this is talking about eros, which is romantic love, you know, or sexual love, rather, you know, and that's what the world is always talking about in the media and all of that. And then you will see words like, uh, like uh, storge, Storge is also love, but it's a kind of love. It's love that is among family members. So it's family love, okay? And then you have words like, um, like filio, okay? Filio is it's also love in English, but in the Greek, it's speaking about friendship love, okay? That's the highest love the world can have is filio, if you're good to me, I'm good to you. You're, you're, you're nice to me, I'm nice to you. You like me, I like you. You love me, I love you. Okay, always conditional. But then there's another word for love, which is agape, and that word is the love that God has for us. That's the, that's the word um, in John 3, 16, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So, for God so agape the world. Now, English is limited. <laughs> so, English just says love. So, you love bananas and then you love God. You know, it's, it's not the same. <laughs> you get my point? <laughs> yeah. So, you, it's, it's, it's not, you, you, a lot of meaning is lost. So that's why sometimes we go into the original, you know? Yeah, we go into the original to, 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 to look at that. And I'm not a Greek expert, okay? I'm not a Greek expert. I did a little bit of New Testament Greek in, uh, in Bible college, but I'm not anywhere close to an expert. But there are tools that we use as well that help us. So... Why am I going to all of this? Just to say we're going to look at the Greek again. <laughs> okay. So, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. All right? The evidence of things not seen. So, the word, the word substance there, um, 
What did we say it is? Hypotasis. That's right. Okay. It's hypotasis. Okay. Now, that is a very interesting word when you go into the etymology and study that word. It gives you a lot of insight into what the Bible means by faith, the word faith. So faith is another word that, that English doesn't express. It doesn't really give, uh, it doesn't do justice to the word faith. Okay, so sometimes people will ask, uh, so what is your faith? Oh, I'm Catholic, or I'm Christian, or I'm, you know. So you, you see the way the word faith is being used. But so when the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, what is God talking about? So that word hypotasis, it means, it means several things. And um, one of the things I explained last week is that you can, see it, you can see it as a noun, but you can also see it as a verb, okay? The word hypotasis. So there are times when it, is, when it comes as a verb, it is referring to a process. So it's not just, oh, I have faith. No, no, no. It's, it's a process that substantiates Okay, that substantiates what you hope for. And remember how faith comes. We've dealt with this in the past. Faith does not come by desire. Faith comes by hearing. Okay, so the fact that you desire something, you can't just say, oh, well, I'm just going to faith this. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, there's no basis for that. It's like this couple that were given, they were given a ride in this Mercedes those days, years ago. Um, this new model of Mercedes, I don't want to even call the name. They, they used to call it Baby Benz, you know. So this couple was given a ride. They got into this, this car from church. And immediately they got in. They said, Father, we claim this car in the name of Jesus. The guy just stopped. He said, get down. <laughs> get down from my car. I'm giving you a ride and you're claiming my car. <laughs> now, that is not faith. That is not faith at all. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So if you are going to have faith, it must be based on the Word of God. It's not based on your desire. So why people miss it is that they think because they desire something, then they have faith. No, that is presumption. And presumption is the lowest form of reasoning. Are you following me? Yeah. <laughs> I got that from Pastor Grace. Presumption is the lowest form of reasoning. So how can you just presume? It's like you just waking up now and saying, Pastor is going to give me 10,000 rands. I believe it. Did I promise you? Did I promise you anything? You can't just wake up and then start praying and say, God, let him give me 10,000. Let him. If God told you, that's different. Now, if God tells you, guess what? He's going to tell me as well. It's not the author of confusion, right? Yeah. So, these little, little things are what cause shipwreck of faith in many people. So they just get up and say, oh, I like this. Then I need to, I want to faith it. Huh? Or like the person that will wake up one day and say, oh, here, I love this sister. I'm going to, by faith, marry her. Well, I wish you all the best. <laughs> I hope it works for you. It doesn't work like that. 
And then some people will even use the name of God to manipulate you. They'll come and tell you that God told me that you are supposed to be my wife. Hello, God is smart enough and he's the master communicator. Okay? He knows how to communicate. So if he's telling you, guess what? He will tell the other party as well. And even if he does, he's not going to force that, that person. If that person says no, God won't force that person. So when it involves human will, you need to know the limitations of faith. Faith is not a means of manipulation. All right? So let it just be clear. Be simple about these things. If you complicate it, you will have many crises that are avoidable. Okay? So, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, hypotasis, that word, in fact, let me read it from another version. Um, let me read it from the Amplified. Look at how the Amplified puts it. It says, now faith is the assurance. That is the title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Powerful. You see, so faith is a title deed. If, let's say, I said to you, we've, we've purchased this property, all right? And maybe you're not, you're not here, or even now as you're here, I said, this is, this is ours. And I said, no, I don't believe it. If we show you the title deed, if you, you can choose not to believe the title deed. You can, you, know, you can choose to say, oh, well, this is fraudulent or whatever, but it does not negate the fact that it is, it is legitimate, correct? Yeah. So somebody might say to you, I've bought a property, and you say, well, how come? How can you afford a property? Or, you know, when? How? Is that possible? And then the person now brings out the title deed and shows you the title deed. You have not seen the property, but you see the title deed. Once you've seen the title deed, you don't need to doubt the fact that that property is that person's. Am I correct? Yeah. So that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And the word evidence, you know, we talked about it a little bit um, last week. But before we go into evidence, I, I noticed something as I, was, as I was searching the scriptures. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Very interesting. Now, this is talking about, in fact, let me read just from verse 1. It says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the worlds. Right? Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person <laughs> and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Now, I want you to notice the word there, who... Um, the ex, talking about the express image of his person. The word person there, guess what it is? Hypotasis. 
So, so that's the same word that is used for faith in chapter 11, verse 1. So you can see that faith, because remember that Jesus is the Word. Am I correct? He is the Word made flesh. He's the living Word of God. So being, He is the the express image of his person, of God's person. He's the hypotasis of God. He's the substance of God. So that's why faith needs the word for it to come. Yeah, because without the word, there's no faith. So, Jesus, and that's why I say sometimes... We get limited if we don't go into the original. Then now you begin to see that, like I said to you, it can be a noun, but it can also be a verb. It can speak, it can, it can, it can be a process. So it's a substance, but then it's also the, that which substantiates hope. And remember we talked about hope. What is hope? Confident expectation. Hope is like a dream. Hope is like a vision. It's like what you're seeing. What is God saying to you? What is God revealing to you? If God shows you something, if God tells you, I'm going to do this for you, that is, that is not yet done, but he is giving you something that you can build on to now exercise faith and bring it into reality. So when you go into the Word of God and you start reading, and you now, as you start reading the Word of God or you're meditating on the Word of God, and then you start seeing a word on healing, and then that healing scripture jumps out at you and it becomes personalized to you, you have the basis for faith. So the word hypotasis also means support. That's that, that which, it's, 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 a, it's, it's that which undergirds things. So he upholds the entire universe by his word, by his word, his hypotasis. <laughs> That's what holds the universe together. We know that the earth is rotating and, you know, and it's like, what is holding it? What is keeping it? It's the word. It's God's faith in action. Hallelujah. So in a, in a way, we can say that Jesus is our faith. If you have Jesus, you have faith. You can have faith. And so that brings me to a point. Faith, many times, people want to use, they, they have faith for what God can do. But you need, you need to start by putting your faith in God. Faith in God, the person of God. Are you getting my point? That's the greatest support you can have for anything. That's the greatest security you can have in your life. Once God is at the center. Once you build your life, your dreams, your goal, your future, your aspirations on God, then you are building on solid ground. So you need to know who is God. Then build on that. That's why Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, He that comes to God must believe that he is. So the starting point is your faith in God. That's the ABCs of the Christian faith. If you read Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 6 from verse 1, talking about the elementary principles of, of faith, one of the foundation doctrines is faith towards God. So you need to build. It's, it's, it's a relational thing. You need to build on your relationship with God. If you are going to be strong, if you are going to outlast every temptation, if you are going to outlast every trial, if you are going to outlast any persecution, if you are going to outlast any difficulty, build on God, on his person. Hallelujah. I know Jesus will never fail me. He'll never. 
Yeah, he's the hypotasis of God. So, based on that, I shall not be moved. They that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion. They shall not be moved, but shall abide forever. Hallelujah. So you have a solid ground for faith. And that's in God, in God himself. So it doesn't start with, I want this, I want that. Okay? That's not the starting point of faith. That's not the main purpose of faith. The main purpose of faith is to graft you into God. There are fringe benefits, but it starts with you, you know, abiding in Him, connecting with Him, being grafted into Him. So your faith must be based on God as a person. Now I know that in... uh, Circular humanism, you are told to believe, build your faith in yourself because you are the new God now. (laughs) Can you imagine if you have to build your life on you? Come on, I mean, look at yourself. Huh? Even at your best. You still mess up. Is that a good enough ground to build faith? No. It's not. So I have to go back to God. Hallelujah. Go back to the foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation. No other foundation. So use your faith to build your relationship with God. Okay? Because once that is intact, it doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter the storms. It doesn't matter how many hordes of hell are released against you. One with God is majority. Are you getting my point? So it doesn't matter how many people gang up against you. Just make sure you are right with him. Just make sure you are strong with him. Your relationship with him is strong. Make sure that nothing affects that. And I'm telling you, if you will build like that, if you will build your life like that, there's nothing in hell that can stop you. Nothing. Nothing. And I'm sure you will agree with me that were it not for God, you will not be standing today. Do you agree? Yeah. But he's not finished with you yet. Hallelujah. He's going to honor your faith. He's going to honor your commitment to him. He's going to honor your love for him. I'm telling you, he'll do that. So, Faith is a title deed. It is also the confirmation. Hopotasis. Those are different ways that uh, the word hopotasis can be translated. For example, it's, it is also it's a, it is it is also a process of substantiating things that we hope for. It is. What stabilizes as well? Hopotasis means to stabilize. So without faith, your life will be like a yo-yo, you know? Up and down. It's like the wave of the sea. That's why they say, that, that's why James says that he that comes to God, you know, must not come doubting. But he, he says he who doubts is like the wave of the sea. It's unstable. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you have to make sure that your mind is not double. Okay? What is a double mind? A double mind is the mind that says, one minute, God has done it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I receive it by faith. 
then something happens as you step out of church. Something happens. Oh, God, but I thought you did it for me. That's a double-minded man. That is a double-minded man. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. James 1.6. He says, but let him ask in faith. Okay? Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So hypotasis brings stability to your life. It brings stability to your convictions. Do you, do you understand me? It brings stability to your convictions. That's why some versions will translate that word as conviction. Faith is the conviction of things. Yeah. So it strengthens your conviction. Sometimes I have to pray for, about my convictions. Yeah. Why? Because there's so much that is fighting against you. And let me tell you this. The enemy's favorite place is your mind. That's his favorite ground of contending with you, of hindering you. So he introduces thoughts. He projects thoughts that will make you to become double-minded. So when he projects those thoughts and you refuse to be double-minded... You are in faith. You become like Abraham, who did not consider, hallelujah, the deadness of Sarah's womb. That's faith. Hypotasis. When it is fully established, when it's fully grown, when it's matured, when hypotasis is matured, it doesn't matter what is happening naturally. Doesn't matter. Whatever is happening can happen. We are still standing. Come on. There have been times I've said, Satan, shoot your best shot. Now, you, you need to know before you say that. <laughs> I'm not recommending that. But I mean, I've, several times I've said, shoot your best shot. Yeah. Because I'm confident. Amen. And this is not just a mental thing. No, no, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. So there are things that God has told us, and it seems impossible, but beyond the shadow of a doubt, I know we will see these things. Hallelujah. We will shake this region. Glory to God. We will compel, compel this city to bow to Jesus. But it will not be by might, nor by power. It will be by the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of faith has to work in you first. And bring you to that place of absolute conviction. That you are strong. Huh? And somebody will not say to you, oh well, you know, yeah, I know God said this. But you know, uh, heaven helps those who help themselves. You know that scripture? Just, 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 you know, just help yourself. And God understands. Is that, is, is that in the Bible? Heaven helps those who help themselves. Who, who has come across that scripture? You mean nobody has come across it? Yeah. Yeah. It's found in the book of Hesitations, chapter, <laughs> chapter 12, verse 5. Yeah, if you can find the book of Hesitations, that's where it is written. Yeah. So the enemy will play games in your mind to shake your convictions. Now, when God has spoken to you, what you need to do is that you need to now go and start meditating on what God is saying. Start meditating. Feed your mind. Start looking for scriptures that support what God is saying to you. And build on that. Ignore your feelings. Ignore what you see. Ignore what people say. And focus on what God has said. And continue to reinforce. Continue to reinforce what God is saying. Hallelujah. That's how to build faith. That's how to build faith. And you now begin to declare those things. You say to yourself... Why you cast down all my soul? <laughs> Put your trust in God. Hallelujah. You see why David made it? 
Yeah, because he knew how to build faith. He knew how to ignore circumstances. He knew how to ignore situations. He knew how to focus, zero in on, on, on God. And then encourage himself. When everybody else around him wants to stone him to death, the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. When you go study that in the Hebrew, when it says he encouraged himself, it actually means he put courage within himself. <laughs> totally different picture. He put courage within himself. So there was no courage. Then he had to go and locate the scripture. He had to locate the word of God and then put courage inside him. And then he now, he now goes to seek God and say, God, should I pursue? He said, go, you will pursue, you will surely overtake and you will recover all. It doesn't matter what the enemy stole from you in the course of this pandemic. It doesn't matter what he stole from you. I'm declaring to you that you will recover all. Yeah. Hallelujah. So stop looking at how things appear. Amen. That's the spirit of faith. That's the spirit of faith. So we are, we are working. This is, this is just one victory we got. But there are many more victories coming. Hallelujah. Many more victories. There are territories we have to conquer. There are mountains we have to take. Hallelujah. You need to begin to, begin to see things like that. Because God is infusing us. With capacity. Hallelujah. And so don't go and start romancing all those negative, uh, those, 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 those negative things that you hear all the time. That's why I stopped listening to some people. I stopped listening to some, um, some channels of information. I said, no, 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 no. This is not helping my spirit. It's not building my faith. So I close it. Why? I'm working on something. Amen? Are you working on something? Yeah, I'm working on something. So if you are working on something, why don't you pay attention? Huh? Focus on what will help to build your hypothesis. What is going to put more structure in you? What is going to bring more stability in you? That's what you should focus on. What is going to strengthen your conviction? That's what you should focus on. Not what Auntie Julie said, and then uh, Uncle Joe said this, and then this one said this, and then this one said this, and then now God is saying this, and you are confused. You don't know who to listen to. Stop it. God has great things he wants to do in and through your life. Glory to God. So things might be hard now. It's okay. Remember when we talk about protons. It might be hard now, but you need negative situations for faith to be effective. You need it. Andre Crouch said, if I never had a problem, I never know that God could solve them. I never know what faith in his word could do. And that's why he sang through it all. Hallelujah. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Some people think if you have faith, then you won't face challenges. As a matter of fact, the fa it, it, challenges come to you because of your faith. Because of the word of God that you've received, the enemy comes. Persecution comes for the word's sake. It comes for the word's sake. So the enemy wants to rattle you. and Rattle your mind. And cause you to now come to a point where you start saying, Nobody knows the trouble I have seen. Nobody knows my sorrows. Come on. Stop singing those kind of songs. Hallelujah. Instead, you should be singing, I've got a promise that I'm holding on. And I won't stop. 
Hallelujah. Till I see what the Lord has promised me. Those are the kind of songs you should be singing. When you are faced with challenges, know what you listen to. Be careful what you allow in your spirit. Then you, you, you make your, 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 your battle more difficult when you accommodate everything. So don't do that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So faith, you have to have faith in God as a person. Okay? You trust him. But then, you also need to have faith in God's ability. Are you following me? Yeah, you need to have faith in God's ability. So you have faith in God as a person. Okay? Yeah, just like there are, two, there are things my children know, they know me and they know what I can do. So, um, if I say I'm going to do this, they know, I have, I, they know I'm a man of my words, okay? If I say this, I will do it. So, but not only that, if I make this promise, they know that I have the capacity to do it. So you need to have faith in God's ability as well. So apart from putting your faith in his person, you need to put your faith in his ability. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Remember what, what he said to, to Abraham when he went to visit Abraham. He's, he said, is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything? Huh? There's nothing. Jeremiah said, Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy, thy great power. He says, nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is too difficult for you. He says, you're great and mighty God. Great in counsel. Mighty indeed. Hallelujah. So you, you need to have faith in his ability, in his power. To make good of his promise. Amen. Amen. So your hypothesis must be based on his person. And then it must be based on his ability. On his ability. Now, then apart from his ability, you need to also have faith in his willingness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, so the fact that God can do something, like sometimes somebody comes and asks me, oh, uh, I need this, and I say no. Now, I can do it, but I can say no. Correct? Yeah, so the fact that I can do it doesn't mean I'm mandated to do it for you. But God has made it clear that it is his will to do Hallelujah. Certain things in your life. So you need to have faith in that. Put your faith in God's willingness. Blind Bartimaeus came. Oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, people were saying, shut up, keep quiet, don't disturb the master. And Jesus stopped and called, called him. And people, the same people who told him, shut up. Okay, he's calling you now. Hurry up, run, run, go there. And he goes, and Jesus says, what would you want me to do for you? And blind Bartimaeus says, if you are willing that I might receive my sight. So it wasn't a question of ability. It was a question of willingness. Because he knew Jesus could do it. He has heard testimonies. He has, you know, he has heard so many things about this Jesus. So he knew that Jesus has the power to do it. But he didn't know if it was, if he was going to be willing to do it for him. So he says, if you are willing that I might have my sign, then Jesus says, I am willing. According to your faith. And he received it. So you put your faith in God as a person. 
All right? Um, and when you say as a, a person, you are talking about his character, you are talking about his integrity, you are talking about, you know, who he is, his nature and all of that. God is good. Yeah, God is a good God. So if he's a good God and all he does is good, you need to put your faith in that. God is a good God. Yeah. So that means that even if I'm going through something I don't like, I don't desire that, I know that God is good. So what I'm going through is not necessarily God. God is not the author of what I'm going through. I know that there's an enemy in this world. Okay? So God might allow it, but it does not mean he is the author of it. So sometimes people get confused. They think that everything that they experience is God's will. No. No. There are things that are not God's will. But God is waiting for you to rise up in faith and resist. Submit yourself to God. Resist the enemy and he will flee. But he's waiting for you to resist the enemy and for the enemy to flee. But you don't want to resist the enemy. You are saying, God, come down and do something. And God is looking and saying, what's wrong with this, my child? What are you doing with the authority I gave you? I gave you my name. I gave you the name of Jesus. I gave you the word of God. The sword of the spirit. I gave you the blood. The blood of Jesus. What are you doing with all of this? I even anointed you. And then you say, God, come down and do something. Come on. Let's grow up. All right? Yeah. So when it is not in line with God's will, you have the legal right to resist it. Whatever you permit on earth is permitted in heaven. Yeah. So that so your responsibility is to now try to understand and to know what God's will is. So don't go and pray and say, "Lord, if it be your will, Heal Auntie Susie. That is not a good prayer. It's a religious prayer, but it produces no results. Why? Because God expects you to locate his will for Auntie Susie. And then you now stand on the word of God and say, based on your word, this is your will. And because this is your will, I insist to have your will executed in this situation. So you have the power to legislate God's will. You see. But religion will tell you, God is sovereign, just leave it to him. Now God is truly sovereign, but you have some responsibility. And there's no amount of prayer of fasting you will do to make God to come and do what you are supposed to do. You cannot manipulate him into coming to take your responsibility for it and to carry out your responsibility for you. No, you can't. He won't. He will wait for you for the day your eyes will open. For the day you will wake up and say, enough is enough. I am tired of this it ends now. Hallelujah. Now, if you look at Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, I'll close with that. There's one song we should sing. Mark 11, 23 is real to me. And right next door, Mark 11, 24 these are the words of Jesus and my authority. Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty four. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. 
Yeah, some people write good songs, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Jesus said he had rebuked the, the, the tree, the fig tree, all right? He says, no man from this day eats from you, all right? And by the next day, his disciples, as they were coming back, Peter goes to says, mm, master. I'm sure Peter was trying to investigate. He said, let me see if your anointing worked this time around. <laughs> yeah. So he says, he says in verse 23, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says, he will have whatever he... Um, He will have whatever he says, sorry. Yes. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. Now, in this verse 24, there are three tenses. Okay? If you look at it carefully, you'll see three tenses there. Hmm? First of all, you have the present tense. It says, therefore, whatever, uh, it says, whatever things you ask when you pray. Okay, that's present tense. When you ask now. Okay? It says, whatever things you ask when you pray. All right? It says, Believe that you receive them. Yes, that is a past perfect tense. Okay? Whatever things when you, you ask when you pray, believe. Okay? At that time that you are, you are speaking, you are asking, he says, believe that you receive them. Believe that it has happened. Past. And then the next, the next tense is, he says, and you will have them. Future. <laughs> so you see how faith works is, and this is a principle of the prayer of faith. Not every prayer is oppressed by this principle, but a prayer, there's a kind of prayer called the prayer of faith. So this is the principle of the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is uh, when you pray and you say, Lord, I'm trusting you for this. This is what your word says. And I'm, on the basis of this word, I'm asking for this. Thank you, Lord. I got it. I've got it. Thank you. So the moment you ask, you ask, and at the point of asking, you need to get to a place in faith where you can see it done. Hallelujah. You have, you, 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 you have to get to that place in your, in your faith. So your eyes of faith need to see it. See it by faith. As you are asking, see it done. And then, believe and you will have, you will have those things. So, in between the time you receive them in the Spirit, and when you have it, there's a gap. That's where we miss it. That's where the enemy now comes with, you know, Double-mindedness. When you were, you were in that zone, in the spirit, you're just, yeah, it's gone. It's done. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I receive it. I receive it. Then tomorrow, something just happens. Maybe the enemy will just inspire somebody to come and say something to you. And then you start weeping. Lord, but I thought you did it for me. Well, you don't realize that that's war going on. The enemy wants to rob you. 
of what God has already done in the spirit and is yet to manifest. Now, God didn't tell you how long it would take. He didn't tell you the gestation period. So, it could be tomorrow, could be next week, could be next month, could be next year, but it's done. So, what do you do? Start walking as someone that has received. So, there's a difference between receiving and having. So, you receive it by faith. You have it at the point of manifestation. So, People miss it because they think that when I pray, if I don't get the manifestation, that means nothing happened. No, it's not like that. So what am I doing? Uh, what am I saying? What I'm saying is that you need to build your faith and understand that there are things God has already done for you. But it takes time. So next week, we're going to look at what will help to make your gestation period manageable. <laughs> Not, you know? Yeah. So you can endure just like a pregnant woman. She has re she's, she's conceived. But she can't be in a hurry to fast track nine months. There's nothing she can do. She has to wait. She, it's inconvenient, but she has to wait. So it's the same thing with God's promises. It's not convenient, but we just wait. So you have no choice but to wait. You might as well have a good attitude in your waiting. Are you getting me? Yeah. Don't grumble. Stop grumbling. Stop complaining. It's, it's bad manners. Yeah. You don't, you, you don't feel good? Just, just endure. If you don't know what to do, get a song and start singing. Get your favorite worship song. Play, play whoever you like. And let it bring some joy to you. And then just start singing. When you're in a bad mood, do something to change your mood. Moods are just a product of chemicals. Yeah. So just change it. Hallelujah. Know what makes you, what causes you to tick and just do it. Amen. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Thank you, Father, for your word. We glorify you. Thank you for the spirit of faith in this house. Faith for supernatural living. That will begin to walk in the supernatural. Help us, oh Father. Let understanding come. Let understanding come to your people. Let there be clarity, oh Father God, for your people. In the name of Jesus. Where there was confusion, I banish confusion. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, where faith was weak, I speak strength. Right now, receive strength. Be strengthened in faith. Like your father Abraham, be strengthened in faith. Yes, do not consider the circumstances. Yes, faith does not consider the situation. Faith does not consider your, your uh, inabilities. No, it, it is based purely on God's abilities. Hallelujah. There's nothing God cannot do. Has he said it? Will he not make it good? God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. He has spoken, he will bring it to pass. I declare every promise that has been delayed in your life right now to be accelerated in the name of Jesus. Yes, oh God, I speak, oh Father, I come against every double-mindedness, every double-mindedness in the name of Jesus. Right now, I speak stability, stability to your mind stability to your conviction I speak I strengthen every conviction right now yes in the name of Jesus let your conviction be strengthened your conviction in the Word of God your faith in God in God's integrity in God's person 
Yes, in God's nature, His good nature, your faith in God to be strengthened in the name of Jesus. Your faith in God's ability to be strengthened in the name of Jesus. Your faith in God's willingness to be strengthened in the name of Jesus. I speak, I speak right now. I release, I release a spirit of faith over this people. Everyone listening to me. Yes, everyone here and everyone listening to me. I declare, yes, that the spirit of faith is coming over you. It's increasing over your life in the name of Jesus. The ability to attract that which God has already finished in the spirit to bring them to manifestation. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now say this after me. I want to declare our prophetic Passover. Our Passover affirmation. Say, I am crossing over. I am crossing over. I have crossed over. I have crossed over. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. I am one with the Almighty. I am one with the Almighty. God the Father. God the Father. God the Son. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. And I are one. And I am one. God's protons. God's protons. Are activated in my life. For quantum leap and unimaginable manifestations. I am crossing over from death to abundant life and supernatural breakthrough. I'm crossing over with quantum leap and giant strides. I know that I have crossed over. I have crossed over from death and destruction to divine life and miraculous preservation. I have crossed over from ignorance and foolishness to divine revelation, inspired insight, supreme understanding, and infinite wisdom. I have crossed over from poverty, lack, and want into prosperity, limitless riches, and abundant wealth. I have crossed over from confusion, from failure, from frustration, to clarity of vision, to good success, great fulfillment, and satisfaction. I have crossed over from crippling doubt, paralyzing defeat, into great faith and unprecedented victory. I'm crossing over from the prison of fear and torment into divine courage and glorious liberty. I'm crossing over from malignant hatred malice and bitterness to unfailing love, forgiveness, perfect peace, perpetual joy, and pleasantness in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.